I'm going to jump in to my <clears throat> message uh, this weekend. So we started the series called The Good Fight. Uh, the Good Fight was a series that we wanted to have a focus where it is not just you and I coming to church to be able to receive something for your faith, and I'm sure you will, but it's for us to think through how does faith redefine the way I live, the way I work, the way I look at my, my job, my, what I do, different seasons of your life. It's really faith wanting to work that out in the, in the sphere of what we call uh, the marketplace. Okay, so, uh, so the good fight had an intention. So, and our desire potentially will try to do a marketplace series every year, at least for the next few years. Uh, so that we help you and every one of us to be able to think through this space because what happens in our faith is not just within these uh, four walls. So we use the word good fight uh, because Paul kind of used that little phrase when at the end of his life, old, maybe about 60 plus years old, depending on how you think, how long, when he start ministry and all of that, and uh, uh, served God for 30 over years or at least about 30 to 32 and in that space, he had a season of his life where he was actually the one that persecuted the most Christian, right? And, I, and I'm sure he reflected about, him, about his life before he knew Christ, after he knew Christ. And before he knew Christ, he was one of the best brain of the Jews. He says, for the Pharisees, I'm one of the strictest sect. And I, I, I studied under Gamaliel, which is one of the best brain. Uh, and so, that's the life of Paul. Uh, then, he encountered God, and he lived the rest of his life for God, to serve God, and recharted history, and also Western civilization, in a sense, because of what he has done. Took three missionary journey, went through shipwrecks, stone, uh, and, and I'm sure all these things kind of flashed back in his mind and in his life, as he thought about his life. And then he's able to pen down and say this phrase, which I hope many of us are able to say it at some point as we, as we inch into the last laps of our life. Okay, would you read together? I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And uh, three very interesting uh, action words, fought, help you to understand that that's part of the life that, and what are you fighting for in your life, you know? And I, I consistently meet people who fight for the motivation of wanting to live a certain life. Was, some of them was motivated by wanting to, to prove themselves to someone. Uh, some, some of us wanting to prove to our parents that we are better than them. We work hard. Or some of us want to prove to the other sibling that I can always be one notch better than you. Or some of us are motivated by bitterness of words that people said against us that we wanted to, you know, what motivates you? What fights are you fighting for? And so Paul says that he fought the fight of faith. And then he says he finished the race. That means he thought about, could I have gone for another city? He says, no, 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 I think I've done. I've, I've finished my race and I've kept the faith. And I hope every one of us at the end of life, that is what we are able to say. So what we did was, we wanted us to imagine how does a good fight of faith looks like? 
as you step out to the marketplace. So we, we encourage every one of us at the end of our life, we're able to write four different chapters. So when you sit down, when you're 60, 70, you know, or 50, whatever, you are able to tell your children, it says, you know what? I have a chapter to tell you about how I stood for godliness. Oh, really, Dad? Could you tell me? Then you talk about one day I was in a particular uh, company and this is what happened and I, and I learned and I did not give in. When the police stopped me, I did not give in. When the immigration, when the customs stopped me, I, I did not. I, I, I walked past by, a whole bunch of people was watching porn and I, and I chose to walk away and they'd mock at me, but I stood for godliness. In fact, after I preached this message about three weeks ago, uh, one of our church people who came and told me, he says that, Pastor, I was so convicted of the message that I went back, I did two things. He says, the first thing that I did was I took something of the company and that doesn't belong to me, belongs to the company, but because the company sort of allows it, so I took it back and used it. So I was so convicted that I took the thing, went back and gave it back to the company and says that this belongs to the company, not me, so I'm returning it. And then this particular person, not only that, had a particular products that in the company that wasn't right, he fell. And so he met up with the CFO and COO for breakfast one morning and told them that I don't think we should sell this product anymore. And because of the double act that he did, took the thing back and then said like that, and all cited because of the message we talk about, just one thing to live the life of godliness. And I thought it was so incredible. That's so powerful, and maybe some of us should reconsider just where we are and some of the decisions we need to make. And hopefully all of us are able to write a chapter about grace, how we are gracious. You know, when you step out uh, into the workplace today, you go to the restaurant, people are stressed, they fumble, they mumble, and, but you were gracious towards them. I remember there was a cluster meet that I had with, together with Celine Shirley, Zeth, Kelmin, or we were all talking and we were in a, in a, in a, in a Japanese restaurant and and the waitress was very, was very unkind, or if I can say the word, was very emo, you know, it was, was a moody day, so everything was what. Uh, so at the end of the day, uh, we had a bit of extra, so we blessed her with a free meal. And when we told her that, you know, buy yourself a meal, and, and I still remember that she was so happy, you know, just being gracious. And I hope every one of us is able to write a chapter about generosity, that we're able to fund someone and give someone. I was just citing that one of our church members inside Jaya was actually from Thailand and one of the, they worked for a, a household, one of the directors of a company who found out that she did not have education and funded her way to do education in Malaysia. And I thought, wow, that's just such generosity being shown. And so today, I want to talk about the gospel, okay? And that's something that I, I'm very passionate about and that's something that I hope you walked away uh, be able to have a paradigm shift in your heart when you think about where God placed you at, that God desire every one of us uh, to kind of both represent Him and also how we present Him. So I want to come from that two little angle, how, what you represent and how you present, okay? Now, let me just very quickly move towards the, the slide, okay? Now, as we talk about the gospel, I am aware that there are many forces and factors that pushes against us being a witness for the gospel. More so in the Western world, but it's gradually inching. In the Western world, it's considered the tension of, of private and public sphere. 
So the moment you try to tell a bit about your belief, people say, no, keep it private, private, please, private, please. In our culture, I think people don't fight that, but people always say, Moi Kong, Yeso, you know, right? People always say, oh, please, please, don't tell me, don't tell me that, don't tell me that, right? People will immediately kind of push that away. So, so somehow, in a culture where people felt like, so the new generation would, would wonder, how do we do evangelism? How, how do we actually share the love of God? Uh, because we live in a sphere where people respect privacy, believe in order. And I know that all these are in the consideration. I want you to know that, okay? But in the midst of all that, how then can we actually be a witness for God, okay? So I want to propose to you uh, what I call, the first of all, the non-verbal weakness. The non-verbal weakness is to understand who do we represent, Okay, when it comes to the gospel, this is what Paul told the Philippians church. And it was in a passage where he was talking about how to be Christ-like. And then the last few verses, he talked about because of Christ-likeness. He says, this is the way you want to represent him. This is the way you want to live. I call it a non-verbal weakness, okay? So he says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. Uh, this is a good place for some of you to turn to your neighbor and say, yeah, don't grumble, okay? That you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. The Bible says, he says that when it comes to this whole thing about non-verbal weakness, he says, do you know what? You and I, we actually represent God. You know, sometimes we think that the way to actually preach the gospel, uh, first of all, some of you think that the way to preach the gospel is the ninja methodology. You know what's the ninja methodology? The ninja methodology is all of a sudden you, oh, I received a track. Who put there? Ninja. <laughs> you know, or suddenly I, I walk past by and then someone says, praise the Lord. Oh, is it a ninja, you know, and or suddenly I walk in and then Christian music. Let me bring him to a Christian cafe, you know, and, and, and sometimes we think that that's the way to do it, but that's the furthest from the way it should be done. I, so I, I call that the, the ninja, you know, the method, no, don't, don't be that, okay? Or some of us think that the best way to do this Christian verbal is everything that you own. So truth to be told that when I was working for Datacraft, I had one of my colleagues who are so... If I can use the word religious, okay, so Christian t-shirt, screensaver, pen, bags, uh, everything has a Christian message, has the has a fish, has a has a has a you know Hanukkah, I mean has all the all the all the sign of Christianity, but uh, the worst was always late for office, most grumpy, complained the most, you know, and, and so much so that I had a few conversations with some of our colleagues that came to me and said that, you are a Christian, she is one, but how come you both behave so differently? At the end of the day, the truth to be told was, uh, she was passed on from one person to another, and eventually my boss said, only a pastor can handle her, could you be under your department? And, 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 and with all respect, with all respect, okay, I'm not trying to belittle, but I think the, the message of trying to be religious is the, is the furthest away because that's not who Jesus is. Jesus was the most friendly and kind and gracious uh, to people who are so unlike Him. 
And that's just true. So the non-verbal weakness is very, very important that we live a life that really shines for God, just the way who we are. So sometimes... I actually thought about, you know, the, the four things that we talk about, if I can go back, right? Sometimes I want to say that the gospel is actually a result of godliness plus grace plus generosity equal gospel. It's almost like, but sometimes in life, we try to do this first. We, we try to tell people, come to church, right? we try, and it doesn't work that way. It's when people see what happened in your life, who you are, then the gospel really makes sense. So I call all of that the non-verbal weakness. So when I kind of reflected just on, you know, just my personal journey, a, a little bit about Datacraft, and I think through that journey, uh, I, I'm sure Kokin is here. Kokin is one of those friends, and together with that, eventually Nian Yi, the wife, and uh, then eventually Nian Yi's brother, also Eric, you know, and sort of came to know God. And I, I've led about five of them in the Datacraft space. And when I reflected back, uh, one of them had a relational mess. The other one had a marriage meltdown. And the, the rest were all just normal conversations, just reaching out. And when, when I began to reflect it back, I knew that I wasn't like all of them. In fact, I've, I've said this story before. When, I, when, when the company celebrated my birthday, which is about after three to four years in Datacraft, we were in the Philippines. I'm, I'm not even sure whether Kokin has joined Datacraft by then. But, and it was my birthday. They took out a birthday gave a birthday cake for me. And then they said, you know, and then the whole company said this. Dirty jokes, dirty jokes, dirty jokes. And then they said, Pastor, we have never heard you say a dirty jokes. So for your birthday sake, could you just tell us the dirty jokes? At least we, at least you are kind of, you know, <laughs> you know, and can you imagine you're in a restaurant with about 60, 70 people all clapping hands, dirty jokes, dirty jokes, you know, and so I did. <laughs> no, 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 no. I told them not a dirty joke, I told them a clean joke. You want to know the joke, you come and look for me, okay? But... It was funny, okay? And I, and I had that little... So, can, so I can imagine. I can imagine the kind of little pressure. One of our church member leaders uh, who were in China uh, sat down with a whole bunch of businessmen and then told them that, you know, um, yeah, I have a girlfriend and, you know, we, we, we stay separate. And all the businessmen look at him and this is exactly what they say. He says, this kind of dinosaur still exists. And that was the remark make. So I know that the, all the pressure that we go through, but your non-verbal weakness is very important. You know why? Because the truth to be told is when they go through a certain phase of their life and challenges, who do they call? And, and most of the time they'll call, hey, I, I got kids problem, what should I do? I got marital problem, I got, I got depression, what do I do? So your non-verbal weakness is very important. All right, and I'm going to move to your verbal weakness. So this is found in Ephesians 6, and I, I've, I've got something that I'm going to dish it out for you, okay? Ephesians 6 was Paul chained among the soldiers. He saw soldiers in and out. He wrote a passage about the armor of faith. All of us are familiar. At the end of the day, he asked for prayer, and he ended asking them to pray for him. So Philippians, Ephesians, Paul wrote it when he was in prison, Okay, most probably in the house arrest. Timothy, he wrote it in his second imprisonment or the last imprisonment before he was beheaded. So this is at the end of Acts 28 when he was house arrest. That's when he wrote Philippians and Ephesians, all of that. Okay, so this is what he says. He says, To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Also for me, that words may be given to me in 
opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chain that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. You know, I really like this particular verse because I think in this verse, first of all, Paul asked for boldness. Do you, know, do you want to know how bold is Paul? Paul is an extremely bold person. He stood before king and he spoke the word and he defended himself by preaching to King Agrippa. Paul was so bold that he will go to synagogue and be stoned and be chased out and <clears throat> almost risk his life for the gospel. But even in that package of boldness, he asked, he asked people, would you pray? Which means that uh, every one of us we need to pray the same prayer. God, give us a bonus. But I really like the three thoughts that Paul had. I call it the making of a verbal weakness. If, if, we, if we want to know how to really present God, the making of a verbal weakness came in three thoughts. Number one, Paul says, I am an ambassador of change. You know, Paul never says he's a prisoner. He says, I'm an ambassador in change. He says, I represent God with chain in such a place. I, I wonder how many of us see ourselves as an ambassador in the banking industry, as an ambassador in the engineering, in the teacher industry, in the dentistry, in the medical. I don't know how many of us are really see ourselves as an ambassador. And Paul says, that's the first thing I saw. For me to be a verbal... Number two, he says, that I may declare boldly. He says... Help me to open up my mouth. And, and sometimes, it's, you know, it's so difficult because we are so shy. And, and number three, as I ought to speak. Wow, that really blew me away. You know why? Because Paul never say, as I try to speak. Paul never say, as I hope to speak. Paul never says, as I attempt to speak. Paul say, as I, as I ought to, ought to. I'm, a, I'm an ambassador. Uh, so, as we try to navigate this gospel marketplace, your non-verbal weakness is so critically important that leads you to your verbal weakness, that God gives us the bonus, okay? Now, so when you kind of work through the Bible, I try to simplify this verbal weakness. Uh, Peter and John, their verbal weakness was a prayer. They saw the, the person at the temple, they just, they just said, in Jesus' name, rise up and walk. Could, could we practice one, two, go? Can, can right? In Jesus' name, heal, heal your mom. In Jesus' name, uh, take away, you know, uh, you know. Last weekend, I was just told this morning, I, we, we had a visitor, visitor our Chinese service, which has hearing problem. And I, 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 I preach. It's supposed to be a joke, okay? Chinese service, okay? And uh, I think it was either so painful or what, but... But after that, he heard. He heard the gospel, okay? So this morning, he says, Pastor, do you know that when we, I, I experienced a miracle from almost, I can't hear to about 70% hearing our back. Uh, so this morning, we prayed for him again, believing God for 100% hearing. Can I go to amen? Uh, so in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, just all of us can do that. It was just a prayer away for someone, for a miracle to happen. And then, you got Philip, who saw the eunuch, and then he asked the question, do you understand what you're reading? Can, can we practice? Do, do you understand what you're reading? That's right. It's not so simple, right? You say, like, hey, do, do you understand that or not? Right? So Philip did that. It was just verbal weakness. It was just a simple question. 
And then you have a conversation. Jesus told the woman at the well, he says, uh, give me a drink. Can, can we say that together? Give me a drink. That's, that's not too difficult. Can. Of course, for all of you, you add more. Like, give me a drink. Give me a, give me a chicken rice. Give me a, you know, you add more to that, okay? But basically, Jesus started a conversation with the Samaritan woman. That's all he did. Uh, and then Daniel, he had a resolve. He told the eunuch, chief of eunuch, that he would like to not eat the food of the Babylonian. He wants to, and it was just a resolve that he took. A testimony, Paul, before King Agrippa. And King Agrippa said that you nearly won me to Christ. And finally, a caring gesture, which is the most powerful because it shows you the two extreme of power index right, of, of, of a slave girl and a general Naaman. So the slave girl was taken captive when Syrian raided some parts of the villages in Israel. And she took care of the mistress of, the mistress of the Naaman, the general. And she saw the skin disease of Naaman. So she approached the mistress and said, would that my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria? He would come. She just gave a caring gesture and an opinion. If only I wish my Lord is able to meet the prophet. And the Bible tells us that Naaman took that, went to the king of Syria, gotten all the visa approved, went to Israel or Samaria, met prophet Elisha, and God did a miracle. And potentially the first authoritative man that took the gospel back to Syria. You know, every example in the Bible involved a simple verbal weakness. All you and I needed to do was, maybe you should do this, or are you okay? It, it really takes that. But sometimes we think that for us to be a verbal weakness, we must, we must sort out who are, the, who are the beasts in the Bible. The four apocalyptic horsemen. The seven trumpets. Right? If it doesn't mean anything to you, it doesn't mean anything to you. It's okay, okay? But we are thinking of all this, all the Bible trivial. No. It was actually a very simple gesture, but the non-verbal weakness is extremely, extremely important, okay? I was supposed to have a picture, okay? Ben, is the picture up here? Can I, can I have the picture if it's up there? If it's not, it's okay. I want to end by just sharing a story of this two particular person, okay? All right, Ben, are you there, Ben? If you are there, just signal for me. If it's not, then it's okay, all right? But it's a, it's a picture of these two ladies, and I'm going to mention their name. I've gotten the permission. It's actually the story of Shirley and Jasmine, okay? Okay, never mind. At some point, maybe the picture will be up there. But it's Shirley, Shirley and Jasmine, I think they're both up here in our congregation today. But the story was incredibly powerful. Okay, let me just have their picture, okay? That, that's Shirley. This is, this is Shirley. This is Jasmine. Am I correct? That's Shirley, that's Jasmine, okay? All right, let me, let me go back to the one. I think that was early, uh, easier, okay? Kind of a very moving story, at least for me. So I've, I've known Shirley. Shirley came to our church about 2017, 2018-ish. And I think God began to do a work in her life. So some of you who know Shirley would know that God has really done something incredible in her life. So Shirley will be someone that tells me that, Pastor, ever since I came to church, my life changed so much. And she always said that I'm always overwhelmed with the love of God. And I, I, everywhere I go, I tell people, I just want to show the love of God. 
Uh, there was one particular planning retreat that I think she had with her. Uh, she's a very successful insurance agent. She was, so she was with all her friends. And then, and then she texted me. She says, Pastor, I'm in my company planning retreat. Everybody is planning to earn 200000 300000 400000 whatever. But then she showed me her plan. It was all full of names. And she said, these are the people that I want to show the love of God with. And that was so encouraging. So Shirley kind of grew with us. And, and I think today, I actually, Shirley has led 10 of her friends, marketplace friends to Christ, 2018. Would you give a hand to Shirley? Just step. Five of them are actually in our church. Five or at least about five of them are in our different space of our church. Some of them is in Gateway. And, and Shirley has been just a tremendous witness for God. So somewhere in this story, one of the person that Shirley wants to reach out to is actually Jasmine. And there, there is Jasmine. Uh, so I kind of came to know the story a little bit about Jasmine was because uh, Shirley on and on will say, you know, Pastor, I'm going to bring this friend Jasmine and, you know, maybe she'll come for discovering God. Let's pray. Let's believe God. And uh, so Jasmine kind of go through her own seasons of life, right? Every one of us. And, and I still remember Shirley said this, Pastor, I try to show different love, how different love looks like in different seasons of her life. And I thought that was a powerful phrase. So when I talk to Jasmine, Jasmine will tell me this. He says, Pastor, actually what attracted to me, first of all, wasn't what Shirley tells me, was because of the life change that I saw in Shirley. She said that Shirley before that I knew was foul-mouthed, uh, was prideful, wasn't someone that's very loving. But I saw she changed. And then Shirley told me this, Pastor, I still can demonstrate how foul-mouthed I can be. If you want to see a sample, I say, never mind, never mind, no need, no need, okay? It was, it was a very funny conversation, okay? She said, Pastor, I still can put on that old self, right? She said, Pastor, I... I and then her changes caught Jasmine's attention. Then Shirley did the verbal weakness. She prayed for her. She gave her a verse and she said, you know, I pray for you. This verse is for you, whatever. One thing led to another. I think it was about one and a half years ago or that Jasmine came for discovering God. After discovering God, there's one particular day, uh, Jasmine texts me. She says, I want to accept Christ. So Jasmine was the one that texted me, said, I need to accept Christ, but I can only pray the prayer at 6.30 a.m. in the morning because, because of a particular context just it wasn't appropriate for my family and there will be pressure, persecution. And so I said, Ken. Okay, now, I, I, I could have sent her a text and say, you pray, it's the same. But it's not the same because I write on the person's faith activation. So I said, I'll do it with you. So as you remember that morning, 6.30, and I think with Shirley and, you know, we were all Zooming and... And then as she woke up and then, oh, she said, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, now my, uh, okay, okay, let, let me move to another room right now because the others are awake, you know. And, then we, and then, then we led her to Christ. And ever since MCO, you know, finished, and I think for the first time, I think I see, was it Jasmine over there? Uh, Jasmine started to come back to, to church for the first time and that was, I think a month ago she came. And not only that, she brought a friend as well. Uh, and just to discover who God is. Uh, so would you give them a hand, this Shirley and Jasmine, just for their incredible, powerful. It was moving to me because I've never led anybody at 6.30 a.m. to Christ. But I was so grateful that because of someone's non-verbal weakness, 
that eventually led to a verbal weakness that eventually led to someone to say yes to God. You know, it all begins with, am I an ambassador? Am I? And all of you, you are. And somewhere in this journey, maybe you should move to, I try to, I ought. I attempt to, I ought. Uh, I hope to, I ought. And pray God, give me the bonus. Give me the bonus to just share the love of God to people. You know, I really pray that at the end of your 30, 40 years, no matter which industry you are, you can look back and you say, God, I'm so grateful that you put me there so that I can lead so-and-so, so that I can lead so-and-so to be able to encounter God. Okay, good amen. Why don't we stand? Why don't we stand? We want to end today and I hope, I hope we are able to just, I hope we are able to move some of you towards, I'm not a banker. I'm an ambassador that counts a lot of money. Just kidding, okay? Uh, I'm not just an engineer, but I'm an ambassador for the kingdom of God. I, I'm not just a teacher. I'm an ambassador for God over there. And we can just kind of move towards that. So I, I want to pray, and I, and I hope you will just kind of resonate with the message and say, God, give me boldness. Help me to be a non-verbal weakness so that I can shine for you and bring people to who you are. Let's pray. God, we are so grateful this morning. So God, we want to create a moment where there is a shift of heart that can happen in every one of us. The shifting from God, I, I want to know you so that you can bless me to God. I want to know you so that I can help others to know you. And I know it is really a step, a shift, a paradigm, a change of heart. God, none of us can force that because the moment we do that, it becomes chore, it becomes burden. But I pray that you will fill us with your love so that we are so abound with your love that we cannot help but to show your love to someone else. So this is what I ask today, God that you will help every one of us to write a chapter in our life, no matter where we are, as housewife, as college students, as, as employees, as executive, as business owner, that we're able to show the love of God to others. So we want to surrender and we invite you that you will partner with us, that we will partner with you to bring the love of God to as many we thank you. We pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.